Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. I am the host, 12 Kyle. We want to thank you for checking us out. Uh, remember that this show is a weekly podcast. It's the best hours of your sports week. Uh, of course, I will not be doing this podcast alone. Joining me uh, are my partners in crime. My man, first up is my man, Beezy, 430. Beezy, what up, though? What up? What up, though? What's good, brother Kyle? Also join us, my man, Ken. Ken, what's going on, player? What's going on, man? Uh, once again, we want to thank you all for checking us out. Our boy FIFO is on the way, and he will be joining us momentarily. This is another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, so let's get right to it, man. Um, I guess since the last time we spoke, guys, uh, the NBA trade deadline has passed. Uh, it's come and gone. Um of course, there were some winners and you know, there were some <laughs> some losers. Uh, so let's start right there, man. Uh, B, I'll start with you first. Uh, if you had to say these teams won as far as the NBA tra- trade deadline, uh, who would you say were some winners at the trade deadline? Oh, uh, man. Winners at the trade deadlines. I was a little disappointed because I thought it was going to be a lot of uh, moving and shaking. I thought... Um, Magic was going to pull the trigger on getting Paul George there. No go. You know, rumor had it that um, Detroit was offering Andre Drummond and, and, and DeMarcus Cousins straight up, but that didn't go. Um, yeah, nothing nothing really, like, stood. I mean, did did we talk about Ibaka going to the Raptors? Did that happen? No, we, no, we didn't talk about that. Uh, okay. Ibaka going to the Raptors, uh, P.J. Yeah. Tucker as well. Yeah, so, like, Ibaka going to the Raptors, that, I think that gave him – some new life, you know, because he was just over there riding in Orlando, wasn't winning. We we almost we forgot about Ibaka. You know, he was he was a forgotten guy, you know, and just think he was, you know, he was like one of that top dudes, one of the, the big big threes and, and OKC with him Westbrook and Durant and him Westbrook and Durant. So I think now he's got a new you know new life in Toronto. He's playing on the team that has a chance to try to make a run, which I mean they're not gonna win the East, but you know, they have a chance. You know, at least at least he's confident enough to feel that they have a chance. But um yeah, other than that, man, nothing else really just like 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 stuck out. I mean, yeah, recently today, um, you know, I think Darren Williams signed with the Cavs yesterday, mm-hmm. and then today Andre Bogut signed with the Cavs, which is huge. So now they got they they got lineups to play with now, man. They can they can play with a lot of with a lot of different lineups. So that's kind of that's kind of huge. But other than that, man, nothing nothing crazy. I think um long term, it the Pelicans, of course, obviously. Uh, maybe a winner, and we we talked about that um, on the last show. Um, I think the the Raptors, of course, they're they're another one. Um, you know, to to pick up, and, and it's not because of. Um, I mean, Ibaka obviously is the big pickup, but I think something as small as as picking up PJ Tucker, you know, who's who's uh, is like a stretch three, and um, and he can play you know tough defense, and he's a veteran. So just having somebody uh, to help bolster that roster come playoff time, I think it's going to be big for them as well. You know, uh, OKC, 
I think they did a pretty good mm-hmm. job of, of picking up Todd Gibson, who can run the floor. Um, is kind of a tough guy. And then they got Doug McDermott, um, who, who can do a lot of different things, mainly he's known as a shooter. He, he says he can do more than just shoot. And I think the other one, man, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Dallas because they got a guy. Okay. Okay. You know, and Nerlens Noel, who, you know, he's, he's improved over, you know, the years. Obviously he's injury prone, but his, his mid range jumper has improved this year. I think his free throw percentage has, has improved. He fills the stat sheet, uh, every night he plays. Um, he's very athletic. And um and you know he's he's still young you know I think he's only like 22 and you got a guy that was a top draft pick uh what a couple of years ago so um so I like what Dallas did in in, in picking up uh, Nerlens Noel and we get a chance to finally see him spread his wings and see what he can do uh, as a full time starter yeah I agree I think uh, I think you guys named some of the teams that I was going to name too as well um. Dallas, I think being able to pick up Noel and, and I think we'll probably get a chance to see Noel's game kind of take off a little bit. Uh, Noel spent, you know, the time that he wasn't injured in Philadelphia, uh, you know, he spent the rest of the time hearing about, you know, Embiid and <laughs> and and, and um, uh, Ben Simmons and, you know, Okafor. And, and you know, it, it 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 quickly went away from being about him in Philadelphia when he was, you know, the number number one pick for them just a few years ago. Um, so I think, uh, I think he's going to be okay in Dallas. Um, who else was a winner? I, I agree with you, Ken. I think OKC picking up Doug McDermott and Taj Gibson. Um, any, anybody that can help Russell Westbrook, you know, lighten the load a little bit on the offensive end. Uh, we know Taj Gibson is a guy that will bang and, and he'll play some defense. Um, does it make OKC that much better? No, it doesn't, but it does make them better in a sense because that's a little bit, you know, the the load becomes a little bit lighter for Russell Westbrook uh, as they move forward into the playoffs. Um, and then uh, the Raptors, I think, probably were the biggest winners. And I, I didn't really think about it until Ken had sent us a text uh, the other day, and he said, I think it's something to, something to the effect of, like, the Raptors are going for it. And, and I... And it made me kind of stop and take a look at their roster because I'm going to be honest. I'm keep it real. I, I don't watch a lot of <laughs> Raptors basketball games. Um, and I started looking at the roster, and I'm like, okay, they got P.J. Tucker. They got Ibaka. You know, and this is a team that obviously, you know, is, is we we figure is going to push Cleveland, um, you know, into the in the playoffs or what have you. Uh, you know, this this team just got just a little bit more tougher. Now we're gonna talk about them in just a second as far as the Lowry injury, but um I like the moves, man. I like I like picking up a Baca and I like picking up Tucker. You know, these are guys that'll bang and and you know, a lot of times last year in the playoffs when they couldn't get shots, you know, they relied on their defense and they relied on their rebounding. And I think adding a guy like a Baca who can, you know, step out and hit that jumper. Tucker's a guy that's known for his toughness as well. Um I like the move. I like the move a lot. I think Toronto was really trying to set themselves up to make a run and, and make a legitimate run and not just be an afterthought in the Cavs uh, quest to make it back to the finals. Now, on the flip side, if we're going to talk losers, <laughs> Ken, who would you say would be some losers from the NBA trade deadline? Um, you know, for me, man, I, I think the biggest loser is, 
are the Boston Celtics. Look, Al, Al Horford just doesn't look right in Boston. He doesn't look like the Hawks Horford that we've come to see over the last couple of years. For them to have the assets that they have, and for them not to go after Paul George or Jimmy Butler, contingent on them willing to trade them to the Celtics, I think was a was a mistake. Mainly because Jimmy Butler and Paul George have both proven that they can go toe-to-toe with LeBron in the playoffs. They haven't beaten them. But you need a guy that can go toe-to-toe with LeBron. To not get a guy like Jimmy Butler or Paul George, especially Paul George, because I think the Pacers were willing to get rid of him, um, I think was a mistake. Because, yeah, you may get folks, but we don't know what he's going to be. But we know what Paul George and Jimmy Butler already are. And if your job is to win a championship, then go get him. And you got Isaiah Thomas and Paul George, that could be a problem. So I I think the Celtics, man, standing pat, I think was was a mistake. Um, So they're my biggest loser. Um, That team, that team, that, that roster is not championship ready. I mean, Chicago could have afforded to make a move because they got a lot of pieces that really don't fit there. They got like eight point guards on the roster. <laughs> Rondo, Jerry and Grant, Michael Carter Williams. They traded for another one. Um, so, it, you know, if you don't believe in the three that you have, ship off two or at least one of them if Cameron Payne is going to be the guy. So um, so that didn't make any sense, but nothing they've done has made, made much sense anyway. I think I I think I might have to side with Ken with this just because, you know, this is this was your chance to kind of put your put the gas, put the pedal to the metal and put that pressure on, you know, the Cavs, you know, to try to get that spot in the East. You know what I'm saying? So all they yeah, like Ken said, all they needed was like a piece or two, you know, because Al Horford is not like he said, he's not your second guy. If you could have brought on Paul George. Uh, you know that team is is already good defensively. Now they got Avery Bradley coming back. You know, so it's like this was a chance for Boston to really be like, hey, let let's try to let's try to take these in conference and and make a run at this championship. You know, by adding a couple more pieces. You know, you get mm-hmm. someone, yeah, like Jimmy Butler or Paul George. You you looking pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Because you already you, they already have a nice bench. So yeah, I, I would definitely say um, losers is definitely Boston. Cause they know. I'm pretty sure them front, that front office know. Like we we like a guy two away from really, you know, taking it to Cleveland. You know, because right now Cleveland is the that's the hump you have to get over. You know right. what I'm saying? We've seen this in in the 80s and 90s. Like it's that team you trying to 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 get across so you can try to have a shot to win that title. You know, it was like that with the Pistons and the Celtics and Bulls had to get through the Pistons. Like you, you have to, you have to make that effort, man. I feel like Boston, they just, they, they dropped the ball. They really dropped the ball and they could have, and then it just would have made everything interesting as far as the season. We'd have been really looking forward to the playoffs. We'd be like, man, like Boston got them. We're going to, we're going to see what's going to happen up there in this playoffs. Like we're going to see what's going to, you know, like we would, we'd have been looking forward to that. So yeah, I really think Boston is. The big losers, because I think even Boston fans, like they knew people who on Twitter who I follow or, or chat with who are Boston fans, they know they dropped the ball on this trade deadline. They they could have had a chance to really uh, 
make a move and you know put have Cleveland on their heels. Like seriously. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the Boston's is, is the biggest losers because they had so they could have had they could have gained so much. Boston left me scratching my head, and the reason reason being is that like we heard about it, we we keep hearing about all of these assets and the. And 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 the value that these players have, and and you know what Danny Ainge and the front office with the Boston Celtics are doing, and you know, <laughs> and and we heard all of these rumors. Now, granted, Boston probably didn't have anything to do with the rumors, but we heard all of this stuff about possibly Paul George, um, Jimmy Butler, this guy, that guy. You know, there was talk obviously about Carmelo at one point in time. And Boston does nothing, and it and it just kind of made me go back to what we just talked about with Toronto. Like, you see Toronto saying, "Okay, we're we're a couple of players away. Let's go get the players that we need so we can make this run at Cleveland." And Boston kind of just stood pat as if to say, "We good," you know. And and you're not, you know, you they are. They're not good. At, they're not. And the voice that you're hearing is our boy FIFO joining us. Um, what up, player? Um. And and I'm gonna throw it to you in just a second. I I don't think that Boston is good enough to push. My, I was gonna say Miami, Cleveland, uh, you know, beyond where they are. And and Ken Ken touched on a great point. I don't think Al Horford is as what they. It's not the same Al Horford that we saw here in Atlanta. Um, so I was disappointed in Boston. I I didn't think that I think Boston standing pat. I just you still have these pieces and you have nothing really to show for it. Um. Another loser. Uh, I I got to throw the Sixers in it. I I think the Sixers left me scratching my head. We almost thought for sure that Jaleel Okafor was going to get traded. Uh, they don't do anything. Um, and now with this with this injury to Embiid, it looks even though they haven't said it officially, it looks like Embiid probably isn't going to play anymore this season. So you got Simmons on the shelf. You got Embiid on the shelf. They did get rid of Nerlens Noel. Um, but I, I think the Sixers dropped the ball with uh, getting rid of Okafor. Now you've got, you know, you got to wait until the summer to try to move him. Um, my last loser that I have written down here, man, I mean, it's kind of obvious. B, B nor, uh, <laughs> nor uh, Ken didn't mention it, but I'm going to mention it. The Kings, they're the losers. I mean, like, I looked at the Kings roster, man. Darren Collison, Aaron Aflalo, Tyreek Evans, Costa Kufos, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, Macklemore, Ty Lawson, Langston Galloway. I mean, like, they didn't move any of these guys. And so they give up Boogie Cousins for fish heads and rice. And this team is like, I mean, like, there is no other team in the NBA where I can look at and say, okay, well, I just don't understand the direction where they're going. Like, I really don't understand what the Kings are trying to do. And and the more and more you listen to their front office talk and everything like that, I don't think they understand what they're trying to do. Um so yeah, those are my biggest losers, man. Um, the Kings, uh, again, Boston, as well as uh, the Sixers. Um, FIFA, I'm gonna throw it over to you, man. You give us your what, what we touched on so far as we've talked about the winners and the losers uh, for NBA uh, for the NBA tr- uh, trade deadline. All right, so some of the winners and losers. I think OKC was a big winner. Golly, um, with them getting Todd Gibson. He fits the makeup of OKC. He's instant energy. He comes in. He knows his job. He's not going to play outside of his means. Um, also, they got Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott is shooting 46.1%, I believe. I think I'm quoting that like to the to the dot one. Um, 
on open threes this season. Russell Westbrook creates the most open three opportunities in the NBA. So Sam Presti, once again, gets exactly what that team needs without mortgaging too much. And it's definitely going to help him in the playoffs. Because we all know Todd Gibson is definitely playoff battle. T- that guy right there, you know what I'm saying? He's a championship-type player. He's a glue-type guy. And I'm glad they got him. Now, you mentioned Boston being a loser, Cod. And this is where I completely disagree with you. Okay. You have to understand what Boston is doing and why they're in the position of leverage that they are. They could have made a move or they didn't have to make a move. Mainly because when you look at talent and you kind of evaluate where you are right now, swinging for Paul George or Jimmy doesn't necessarily guarantee you a championship, right? Because you still got to go through LeBron in it, right? right? I don't think that that guarantees you anything. I think it definitely puts you number two. I think that if they got Jimmy or Paul George, they would have been, they would have beat Toronto if they had to see Toronto, but I don't know if they beat Cleveland. Cleveland has championship DNA. Boston still has to go through that. Now they got pieces. They got guys. Al Horford, right? You say you were, he's not the same guy. He is the same guy. Look at the numbers. It's not that far off of what he was doing with the Hawks, except that he's never going to be the main guy on a championship team. He's a third best guy on a championship team. If that, then you have Isaiah Thomas playing out of his mind I still don't think he is the main guy on the championship team. If you go get Jimmy or or Paul George, then obviously you have that guy. But it doesn't guarantee you anything. Now, with their draft picks, they're operating on two different timelines. Because now you can still kind of compete. You're going to be competitive. You're making the playoffs. But now you're going to get an infusion of young talent. And if if you're not watching the NBA, if you don't see that these guys are more and more ready as rookies to contribute, physically they're not there. But the talent and the skill that you see these young players coming in with is real. So why mortgage that when the next couple of drafts are going to be extremely deep? Because by the time that talent starts to develop, guess who's out the league? LeBron. Or starting to be on such a decline that you could start to overtake them. That's why I say Minnesota's in prime position for the future. Philly's in prime position for the future. And Boston is trying to be part of that crew. And L.A. So I, I'm okay with what Boston standing pat, and I actually think that they won by not making a move. But I think they would have won if they made a move because then that means that they're trying to win now. But what Danny Ainge is doing, he's playing the long game, so I'm okay with that. Philly, I think that they actually won, mainly because they knew that they were going to sit and be. They saw enough. They're like, you know what, guy? If we were in the playoffs, you'd probably play right now, but don't worry about it. We see what you can do. They got rid of Nerlens, got back whatever they that they got back. I think they got a pick and some other guy that they're probably going to wave. Obviously, they got Bogan. They're going to wave him too. But either way, they're, they're accumulating more draft picks. They're showcasing Okafor for a summer trade. So now Okafor hasn't really played all year. And when he played with Embiid, you saw that they couldn't play together. So by them moving Nerlens, getting more assets, now they're showcasing Okafor. Okafor is looking good out there. I don't know if you've seen the highlights and everything or if you watched any of the games, but Okafor looks pretty dang good out there. That is a perfect opportunity to get something for Okafor in the future. Um, I'm um, going to be this summer. All right. Now, some of the losers I got, the Bulls. What the heck? What, like, come on, man. 
what are they doing? <laughs> what are what, like look, you if if Boston is interested in Jimmy, you got to make the move because Jimmy is not going to beat LeBron. You can't build a team around Jimmy, and Jimmy's not going to attract enough players, other guys, to come to Chicago to try to gang up and beat LeBron. It's just not going to happen. So you got to move Jimmy and start thinking of the future with Bobby Portis, with um, um, Adrian Payne. That they, I don't know why the hell they traded for. Like that, you could have you could have done better if you were going to make a move, and you should have traded Jimmy. That's exactly how I feel about the Pacers as well. They're losers. They're big-time losers. They should have moved on from Paul George. Again, you have Paul George in a situation where you got a new coach. You got more talent around him, but they're barely a 500 team. So you move on from Paul George. You know you already got a, a building block with Miles Turner, right? Larry Bird is a great GM. He's been able to accumulate talent. Keep them competitive, but for some reason, Paul George just isn't over the top. Should have made a, a, a deal with his close friend, Danny Ainge, and, and, and started thinking about the future, man. Uh, and, and really, that's all I got. That's all I got in terms of winners and losers right now. Why do you think some trades like the Paul George or the Okafor Butler trades didn't get made? <sighs> Paul George, I, you know, I... If I put myself in Larry Bird's shoes, do you really make that move? Because Paul George is a top 15 player in the, in, in the NBA, you know, and you still have hope to build around him. Or you may be able to get more in the summer because in the summer, the actual salaries don't have to match up. You could pretty much trade and do whatever the hell you want. It's like the Wild Wild West. So I think you can get more for Paul George in return in the summer. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting because of Paul George's comments after the trades right. or after the trade deadline when he was talking about he wished he was more informed. So I don't know. That can be the beginning of a rift between the Pacers and Paul George. So, you know, I think that's that's something to look out for. But the, the main reason, I, I don't know, man, I, I think it's just tough to get rid of somebody of that stature because you know you're not going to get equal value in return because mm -hmm. you're literally playing the lottery if you go ahead and make a trade to try to get a top two pick. What if it's number six? So you just gave up Paul George for a number six pick. It, like, so it's not guaranteed when Paul George is guaranteed. And I think the same thing with Chicago, but I think with Chicago, Gar Foreman and John Paxson, they're just crappy GMs. To, and, and I'm just being completely honest. My, my, my total opinion about those two guys. There's so many moves that they could have made, should have made, and they're just way too conservative. And what direction is Chicago going in? Because you go ahead and get rid of Tom Thibodeau, that one with scraps, right? Be, be, because you couldn't really do your job. You bring in a Fred Hoiberg that wants to institute space uh, what is it? Space and uh, whatever that that type of office, the free flowing office that we're seeing in the NBA right now. But you sign Rondo and D Wade. OK, that doesn't <laughs> make any sense. And then you go and get Michael Carter Williams and then you go get another point guard in Adrian. Pe like what? Like what are you? What what is the direction? The owner, I don't even know the owner's name. I, I, I'm sorry for being so ignorant, but the owner needs to he needs to get rid of those guys. 
He needs to get rid of those guys. But I think those are the reasons why at least those two teams, um, they, 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 they stood pat. And I know I didn't touch on the Kings last time, but what the hell is Vladi <laughs> doing out here, man? Hey, I what? said the same thing. They, did, they oh, were on my list. <laughs> it, 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 look, that's why you have to make the right move at the right time. Because if you know, as the Kings organization, you cannot build around this guy, whether it's because he's volatile, this, that, whatever, it just doesn't work out. You have to be honest with yourself and trade him when, when it's the, when it's, come on, at, he could have got so much more. And, and, and what did he get in return? Buddy Heal? Buddy Heal. All righty. The next Steph oh. Curry. No, man. No, man. No, man. You know, FIFO, you make a good point in, in saying that we're not playing for now. We're playing for the future. Because when he's out, the, the East is going to be wide open. Um, that That's a good way to look at it. Um. So I, you know, I, 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 I guess if you want to put it that way, it it makes sense. But Ken, I'm I'm not putting it that way. Danny Ainge is putting it that way. Look at all of these picks that he had, right? He speak like actions, right? Isn't isn't the phrase "actions speak louder than words"? So yeah. I'm just interpreting his actions. He has a bevy of picks. And if you look, like, I'm, I'm big on the high school. That's why I be telling you guys about the guys that are coming up. Like Michael Porter Jr., the real deal. Real deal. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about 6'8", 6'9", you know, not super athletic, but athletic enough. Make big-time score. Handles everything. You know what I'm saying? He, he can average a lot of points in the NBA. We're talking about this draft that's point guard heavy. You know, there's a lot of have you guys seen Zion Williamson? Like yes, there's a lot yes. of guys that are gonna be coming up through, you know, say the next couple years, and that's what these picks are targeted for. That's what you gotta do because there's no person right now outside of KD and a couple of other people that move the needle against LeBron James. It, 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 it there's just not that many. So if you're if you are he is in a situation that no other team that I've ever seen be in a situation like this where you are competitive now. Are you the favorite? Are you a contender? You're a contender, but you're not the favorite. But you know anything can happen because Boston plays everybody hard. Every, they play everybody the same exact way, and they got bodies, right? So you take your chance there because you already have that right now. But what about all of this stuff that I have? What if I hit on two of these guys? Just two. You know, now, now you're you're in a position when it's wide open because these young guys take three to five years to truly mature. They can have an impact, but they're not gonna be what they are until three to five years. Look at what Cat is doing now, 2010, first year 18 or something. The natural progression is for him in three to five to be 25, almost 30 points a game. If you can hit on two of those guys, like it looks like Philly has, right? Come on, you you are you are poised to be in a championship window. Where right now you can't do that. You can't do that right now. You gotta wait it out, and you're still serving a perfect product for your customer base. You're still in the playoffs. You're competing. It is the second leading scorer in the NBA at five nine. There's a there's a great story to tell. And if we don't win the championship, we're not supposed to win anyway. Well, so, so that Ainge is playing the cards 
Like he's the puppet master right now, man. And I like it. I like what he's doing. What he is doing, I don't think that there's another GM right now, except for maybe Presty, that 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 would handle the situation as he handled it. I don't know. I I, I think he's on watch for me because he, he has he hasn't are- really hit on on some of his picks. Um, like. Ooh. James Young, Terry Rozier, Avery Bradley, uh, Marcus Smart. Avery Bradley? No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do not throw that name out there. Avery Bradley is a hell of a player. One of the best two-way players in the NBA, and he can shoot threes now. So so get out of here with so that. So he's Clay Thompson? Who? Clay Thompson. What do you mean, Clay Thompson? Is that, so you're saying he's, he's Clay Thompson? No, I'm not saying <laughs> that. I'm not saying that, Ken. You're just throwing the best two guard or one of the best two guards names out there. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's a three and D guy and one of the better three and D guys. He's better than Tony Allen. He's, he 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 can lock down ones and twos. We've seen that. He's just been a little bit injury prone as of late. But when he's on the court and healthy, he's one of the better two guards. He, he's a championship type player. But he hasn't so gotten that pro- franchise guy though yet. And maybe there hasn't been franchise talent available in the drafts that exactly. he has. And maybe, you know, and I hear about... But, but what do I always say, right? How you build a team? Two ways. You buy your team or you draft your team. What true all-star free agent has there been on the market? He made a run at KD. That's the only guy. And he got Horford because he is a guy. But who But who else was out there that, that, that put you in a position to be a contender that was on the open market? I'll Paul, wait. Paul George. <laughs> open when was Paul George on the open market? They could have traded for him. No, but Ken, uh, all they wanted was Jake. You, you are you telling me that Drake Jay Crowder isn't worth pa- Paul George? No, and okay, one or okay. two picks. Look, look, he is, but you don't have to trade him. You don't have to trade him. Because then you're putting all of your eggs in this basket, in this era of basketball, to beat LeBron James. Sometimes there's just a guy in basketball that's so dominant, no matter what you do, you're not going to beat him. We, we know a guy like that. And LeBron is that guy. Let, 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 let's not be remiss that when LeBron left, that team went 19-63. and 63, When a year before they were winning 60-plus games. Like, come on. LeBron is that guy. He's done it with two franchises, back-to-back. If he's on your team, he could go to Philly right now. They're a championship contender. He's the only guy like that. And you know what? You may not be able to beat him in this era. So you let it go, Ken. Tell me another guy outside of KD that you can add to your squad right now that makes you a championship contender. Well, the fact that LeBron just, you know, the Cavs just got bogged and and Darren Williams – um, I, I think anybody making a move in the East uh, would have been mute. So maybe maybe Danny Ainge did the right thing. <laughs> hey, Ken, you make a good point on that. I I, we, I totally forgot about that. You mentioned Toronto. Uh, just got word yesterday that Kyle Lowry, uh, the all-star guard, is going to be out. Uh, he has some loose bodies in his wrist, I believe. Um, the Raptors released a statement saying that they expect him back around the end of the season and start of the playoffs. Uh, I kind of read between the lines. They're hoping that he's back by then, but it could go a little bit beyond that. Um, they haven't given a concrete timetable as to when they think he, he'll, he'll be back. They're expecting him back by the start of the playoffs. Um, 
B, I'll start with you, man. Do you think that the Raptors can survive without him? Uh, without K. Lowry, Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they'd be okay. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I think they might end up. I don't think they're gonna get that two seed like they were last year. Um, I think they can at I me mean, at worst they can drop to a five seed because they're a four seed right now with Washington being a three seed. So I mean, if anything, they can they gonna still pretty much stay at steady pace at the four seed. They just got a good. They just got a win against the Knicks the other night. Um, Demar's and uh, Rosen just hit a game winner. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think they, I think they'd be okay, man. I, I think Raptors. They like I said, at worst they might drop to a fifth seed, but I think they're gonna stay paced at the fourth seed. So I think they're gonna be all right. I don't know, man. Um, Lowry is was a was a big part of that offense, a big part of that team. He was the general. And um, you're putting a lot on DeRozan's shoulders as a as a, as a as a scorer, as somebody who's going to have to basically carry the load from here until uh un- until he returns. We're talking about the the rest of the regular season. That's a lot. Now they're fortunate they have a veteran point guard in Corey Joseph who could come in and and at least keep the ship going at least. Keep it on, on track, but um, you losing scoring, you losing assist, you losing rebounds, you losing you know toughness, um, you losing you know heart and soul. That that's a lot. Now, fortunately for them, they also have Abaka, so making that move for Abaka may have may end up helping them because. He can help shoulder some of the offensive burden. So I, I think they may fall. They could fall anywhere. They could fall all the way down to maybe six or seven, man, um, without Lowry for the rest of the season. Um, I, I definitely think that they're going to be all right, mainly because I believe Valanchunas has been in and out of the lineup um, for the for the first half of the season. So I think he's healthy now. Um, I think it's a good way – to get more shots for him, to get more acclimated right before the playoffs. I think it's going to hurt them more so in the playoffs because if I'm not mistaken, it's Laurie's right wrist, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a shooting hand. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Already he's a streaky type of player. So I don't know how impactful he's going to be once he gets back. But like you said, Ken, uh, they got Corey Joseph. I, I think they'll be all right. Um, they're definitely going to finish second or third in the East. So, you know, playoff positioning, I, I don't think it's really going to hurt them that much. But um, I, I think it's really going to hurt them when it comes playoff time. I, I don't know how ready Laurie's going to be to contribute because they need him to score. They need him to get 18 to 22 a game. Like, that. that's that's how that team is built. And if he can't do it in the way he he's able to play, because remember, he he's one of those, you know, Sometimes it looks like a wild shot, but it may be a good shot for him type of players. Um, so it, it's going to be tough, man. I, I think it's going to be tough come playoff time, especially if they play against Boston. The biggest concern I have is how will the continuity be by the time they get ready for the playoffs? If he's not able to come back until, let's say, the first – let's say let's say he's there for the start of the playoffs. I mean, this is they've added some pieces in Tucker and Ibaka – and while these guys aren't, you know, necessarily playmakers and everything like that, they haven't had a chance to gel. So I, I would have liked to have seen how this team would have kind of put everything together prior to the playoffs. Uh, 
and FIFA made a good point. I, I didn't think about, and we kind of lose sight lose sight of this is that Lowry is extremely streaky. Um, we saw him go through a slump last year during the playoffs. So, you know, you don't necessarily have that kind of time to to have those kind of situations happen. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, man. I, I think, I don't think that they will be any higher. Well, I definitely don't think they'll finish any higher than second. I don't think they'll finish any lower than fourth. Cause I just don't see, um, you know, the, the Hawks or, uh, the Celtics, anybody pushing them to that point. I think where they land, obviously, is going to be very key as far as the matchups go in the playoffs. Um, now, over this past week, uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we had a, a, a bit of a situation uh, between Shaquille O'Neal and JaVale McGee. Um, for those of you listening, Shaquille O'Neal, obviously Hall of Famer, center we everybody knows Shaq uh JaVale McGee a guy who's you know kind of bounced around has been the butt of many jokes uh has been a a constant feature on a uh segment of TNT's uh show called Shaq and the Fool where basically they just show blooper highlight reels and unfortunately JaVale McGee um you know ended up on a lot of <laughs> these highlight reels on Shaq and the Fool um so things kind of came to a head last week. Uh, there was some Twitter fingers going on and Shaq, you know, called him a bum and JaVale McGee called Shaq a coon, which was crazy. <laughs> and, you know, Shaq responded by saying, you know, I'm going to slap you when I see you. And JaVale McGee felt like he was being threatened. Um, and it all came to a head. Uh, the Warriors actually reached out to TNT and, uh, I heard the word cyberbullying being thrown around and ultimately Shaq's mom stepped in and Shaq's mom told him like, look, chill, just leave the dude alone. So forth and so on. JaVale McGee's mom had gone to, you know, at least had spoken to the public saying that spoken to reporters and said that, you know, she wanted Shaq to lose his job. Um, Ken, are you surprised that this quote unquote beef got this far? No, not in this PC culture we, we, world we live in. Not in this uh, day and age where people are sensitive about every single thing. Um, I'm not surprised. Um, matter of fact, man, I, I, I got to admit that I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of loving it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm loving the, the chippiness, you know, on the court by people that are playing. And um and 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 off the court and I, and I find it funny also um, that it's a lot of the old heads picking with the young guys <laughs> and the young guys are the ones that's catching feelings, um, you know about things that are that are being said. Um, but what? First of all, I I don't agree. It's not cyberbullying. Stop it. Um, that's not cyberbullying at all. Um. Shaquille O'Neal has said good things about JaVale McGee when he does good things. I've heard them say JaVale McGee is playing well when he was playing well. But that whole segment is just about bloopers in the NBA. And everybody's a target. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And if you've watched it, there are people that show up over and over again. 
Marcus Smart, he's on there a lot for flopping. Russell Westbrook, believe it or not, is on there a lot. Um, Doug McDermott was on there a lot. Robin Lopez, like there are there are repeat offenders that are on there a lot. It just happens. JaVale McGee has been the butt of a lot of people's jokes. I, I, I didn't know he was really that bad until <laughs> now. You know, and, and until I just started to just, until this story broke. Like, I've seen people criticize him and talk bad about him, this, that, and the other. But I didn't really pay that much attention to him until now. But when I looked at all of the blooper reels, like, when you, when you... <laughs> When you inbound the ball <laughs> for the uh, other team, <laughs> come on, man! Like that—that's—that's that's a problem. That's a problem. So he's made a lot of plays that resulted in him in, in being on shafting, shafting a fool. There was a, a Denver interview that I saw today, and one of the things that Shaq said. Before he started talking to him, and, and JaVale was all sensitive. But he said, hey, hey brother, you know, I, I've been where you are. I've done a lot of the things that you've done. So, um, you know, just whatever, whatever. So, he's acknowledged, yeah, I've I've missed free throws. I've shot air balls before. I've made my own set of blunders before playing this game. It happens. He's even acknowledged that, hey, I have been a victim of Shackman the fool myself in my playing career. But JaVel didn't want to hear that, man. And and that's when he first <laughs> called him a coon, when he called it Shackman a coon. So it doesn't surprise me. I like the, I, I do think it's funny. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's such a Shaquille thing where his mom would reach out, reach out to him and say, Hey man, stop and leave that boy alone. Um, it, it just seems like, what you know, like a Shaq thing. I don't know. I don't. I can't see anybody else. Mama calling them, telling him to stop. But um, <laughs> but I, so I thought that that was that was kind of cool and, and still kind of comical itself. But um, but as for the the Warriors organization, man, like really, like really, y'all, you guys are gonna go to the principal's off, gonna principal's office because of this. You know, leave my player alone. When you guys are laughing at him yourself, <laughs> when he makes the plays, whenever he makes a play, they're all laughing. I've seen the footage. We probably all have seen the footage. Now, I understand you want to show support, camaraderie. We're gonna root. For, we're gonna stand up for our guy. But you know, and and maybe it's one of those things where we can laugh at him, but you can't. But man, yo, like. This this is this has been ridiculous, but I mean it's 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 that kind of year, man. LeBron versus Barkley, and now Shaq versus Javale McGee. Man, Javale McGee up here catching feelings. My thing is, if you catching feelings, stop doing dumb shit on the damn court. And to be honest with you, you wouldn't even have a name if it wasn't for Shaq. People, we wouldn't even know who you were if it wasn't for Shaq and the fool. So you, if anything, you better be thanking Shaq for putting you on Shaq and the fool. And if you don't like it, damn it, stop doing stupid plays. Stop stop doing stupid stuff on the court. And stop catching feelings. And Golden State, stop being some tattletellers. And, and <laughs> yeah, man, like, come on, man. Like, how is it? Cyberbullying? Like, seriously? 
nothing. I mean, yeah, the the physical threatening. Okay, that Shaq said. Okay, yeah, that looked stupid. Shaq, you you forty some years old. Why are you up here threatening right. people on social media? Okay, that that part looks stupid. But other than that, Javale McGee catching feelings, dude. Come on, man. You know Shaq is a, is clowning. That that I mean, the Shaq and the fool is off of his personality. You know Shaq is always clowning and stuff. So and like Ken said, it's been many of other players has been repeated offenders on there as well. So you up here catching feelings. Come on, JaVale McGee, stop it, man. Man up and stop doing stupid stuff on the court. That's all I can say. Just stop doing stupid stuff on the court. Hey. How, is this mess- How is this messing up JaVale McGee? It ain't stopping his money. He's still nope. getting paid. He's, I mean, you know, every. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't see what the fuss is about. JaVale McGee just got hurt in his feelings. Man, man up. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is, B, we, everybody knows Shaq is, is, a, is a clown. Right. right. This right. is just what he does. It's what he does. It's like, come on. We, we're like, talking you know about what? a guy that tripped on the set and fell. I think he's right. done that twice. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He's had some really embarrassing moments uh, right. as, as a retired person. So it's like, come on, dude. Come on, man. Like, you stop it, man. Yeah, like, I, I tried to get to the root of it. Um, just so I could under, just so I could get a better understanding. Um I didn't see the piece that they ran that I guess triggered all of this, but from what I understand, JaVel McGee really hasn't been doing a whole bunch of boneheaded stuff. Maybe it's because he's playing one of the best teams in the league. I don't know. Um, but yeah, man, I, I thought it was now and, and we we had text. I, I I thought Shaq Shaq crossed the line when he threatened to slap him. And I I mean, nobody wants to get slapped by Shaq. But you know, if Shaq said he was gonna slap him, he probably was gonna slap him. But um with that being said, I think other than that, I mean it's just and and I, I read some some things. Some people said, well, they were TNT and the crew, or, or Shaq in particular, was questioning questioning his intelligence. Now I've never seen Shaq and a fool talk about whether or not somebody was smart or not. It's just showing, hey, you making a boneheaded play. Um, so now talking about someone's intelligence and talking and making fun of their game are two different things. If they were talking about his intelligence, then Okay, you you could make a case. Okay, well, hey, we let's just stick to the jokes. But that being said, I, yeah, this went really, really left real quick, and I think they have to be very careful because you know you don't want people you know saying okay, well, hey, you know he should get fired. No, I mean TNT. Trust me, TNT wasn't going to fire him for. They might have suspended him. But they weren't going to fire him for this because it's not, you know, it's not a fireable. It's just two guys having words via social media. Um, but I think JaVale, JaVale McGee definitely has to be a little bit more thick skinned about it. I mean, like Shaq ain't the only person clowning you, bro. I mean, like you've been the butt of jokes long before this. And like B said, you know, there's a lot of and people. And I, I almost forgot that JaVale McGee has has actually been out of the NBA for a while. He, he he spent some time in, I think, the D-League or overseas or something like that. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to say Shaq and a fool made him because he made it to the NBA and he's still in the NBA off of his merits. And he's got a chance to win a ring, actually, this year. But that being said, come on, man. It, it's just jokes, man. It, it's not that serious. I mean, sometimes we can be a little bit too PC. And, you know, you're getting... You know, the Warriors, I can understand the Warriors to some degree trying to protect their player. But, I mean, if if Shaq had threatened him and that was it, then that'd be different. But 
he's he's not doing anything. I mean, like that was it was just ridiculous. Just like that story about um Mark Cuban um catching feelings about something that the Bleach Report said about Dirk. You know, they posted a meme of, of Dirk missing a a a, a three pointer. He shot an air ball. I mean, it's a freaking air ball. I mean, Dirk is one of the greatest players of his generation. Who cares? I mean, and and Mark Cuban went as far as went as far as to take it to Commissioner Adam Silver, and he had Bleacher Report take the post down. I mean, like, come on, man. Real. I mean, like, at what point is enough? Is enough enough? I mean, you know, I I had I didn't have any problem, and we we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I, I didn't have a problem with Barkley being critical of LeBron, but I also didn't have a problem with LeBron clapping back at Barkley. You know, but I think some of these new cats, like like you said, man, it's you got to be a little bit more thick skinned, man. I mean, it's not it's not anything personal, and I don't know why guys are taking it such. So, I, it, it was funny up until that point. Um, moving on, uh, college basketball is in full swing. Obviously, we are getting ready for the NCAA tournament. Uh, one of the premier teams in the NBA, excuse me in, in uh, college basketball is. Uh, the UCLA Bruins, uh, led by their uh, amazing, probably, arguably the number one pick uh, coming into the NBA draft next year, uh, Lonzo Ball. Now, Lonzo Ball has a father. His father's name is LeVar Ball. Um, I don't have to get into the quotes, but LeVar Ball has been talking, and he's been talking, and he's been talking. Uh, He's been talking a lot, been talking a lot of trash. He, He said that, you know, on a live broadcast that just maybe about a week or so ago, he said that his son, was better than Steph Curry. And then he made comments that he actually ended up trying to walk him back a little bit. He made comments about uh, the fact that uh, he wanted his son to play for the Lakers, that his son was going to play for the Lakers uh, next year. Um, So when people started hearing that, there was rumors about, well, you know, some GMs may not want to deal with him because deal with this kid because of his dad. Uh, So I'll throw it to you, FIFO, man. Do you think that Lonzo, excuse me, that LeVar Ball is in any way, shape, or form helping or hurting his son? I think he's I think he's doing a little bit of both. Um, more so in the public eye, uh, hurting his son because, like, you, like all the reports are saying, GMs are now thinking, like, man, like, I'm going to have to deal with that guy. You know, but it is what it is. I like it because obviously this is what he's been telling Lonzo and his other two sons mm-hmm. since they were yay big. You got to come out here and ball. I got all of the confidence in you. And obviously it's gotten them to this point. And to me, I know that's the type of father I'm going to be. You give me two, three sons or oh, all of them hooping and all of them, if they have the physical requisite like they gonna be one and done it is what it is i have that type of confidence i have that type of confidence in anybody that i'm associated with especially my family so i I don't i don't i don't have an issue i i I don't think it hurts lonzo um per se as a basketball player i don't really think it hurts his draft stock or anything like that but i can see how behind closed doors people that aren't close to the situation or don't know his father how you know they could take this the wrong type of way but I, I don't have no I have absolutely zero problem with it, man. I, I, I in all honesty, I love the fact that his father is so involved. And I love the fact that his dad is putting he's putting it out there. He's putting it out there. The only thing now is is that Lonzo has to deliver the goods like they've been delivering the goods. And when you watch them play, you know that they got talent. Now, is he gonna live up to being better than Steph? We don't know. 
But any proud father that's put in the time, work, and effort that he has is going to say so. So I have absolutely zero problem. What about you, B? Uh, LeVar Ball, is he helping or hurting his son Lonzo? I don't know, man. I, I, I would say, I guess, hurting? if Because, I mean, it's like helping and hurting, but more so hurting because it's like now you're putting that bullseye on your son. You know what I'm saying? And, and if and if he doesn't deliver, oh boy, it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of folks on his head if his son don't deliver, man. And to and to make those bold statements, I'm fine with him making the bold statements, like making saying that. But like, I think, yeah, that's what it is. I'm fine with him making those statements and saying that about his son. You're supposed to have confidence in your son, but I think it might hurt him just because he's putting that bullseye and just. And now it's just putting that pressure on the son. Hopefully the son can handle this, you know, because now, you know, if you you going from the college to the NBA, hey, you, you playing against grown men. You know what I'm saying? That That's that's a huge transition. So, you know, will he be able to handle that? You know, we shall see. I, I, you know, I hope he is just as good as Stephen Curry or better. You know, that would be awesome to witness, you know, and, and watch on a regular basis. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't have no issue with him saying it. It's just the, you know. I don't know if he's. I mean, why? Like, why are you saying? Oh, man. Yeah. Sometimes they're asking him the questions, B. He's answering the questions. <laughs> Come on now. But, but, but people, they also know that he's, you know, like some, we, we know just from watching it and, and being in the media that some people, you you don't have to ask them, but so much they're going to give you a sound bite. And LeVar Ball sounds like the kind of cat that's going to give you a sound bite. Sound, no matter yeah. What. But, yeah. Uh, of course. But you know what? Again, actions speak louder than the words. True. They're, the Ball brothers, their game speaks volumes, man. You're mm-hmm. talking about a sophomore scoring 92 points. Yes, he cherry-picked his way to a lot of that. I was about to say, Dan, that was a cherry-pick. Like hey, he cherry-picked a lot for that. But you hey, know man, what, I, I don't think he ever came across half court. I saw the highlights of that game. Yo, oh, but great. look, look, look. He hit some crazy shots. We talked Steph Curry. Now, the little one. That dude be hitting some ridiculous stuff now. Okay, okay. so for the ones listening at home, so uh, Lavar, excuse me, Lonzo is a is a freshman at UCLA. He has another brother that's a what junior, right? Leangelo, D'Angelo, and he'll be coming to UCLA. No, Angelo, and I, I think I think he's a I think he's a senior. If I'm not okay, mistaken. so he so he's a senior. He'll be at UCLA next year, and then the youngest brother, Lamelo. Is a sophomore. He scored ninety-two points a couple of weeks ago uh, at uh, in high school at Chino Hills. Go ahead, FIFA. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're, you're, um, but yeah, man. Look, their their games speak volumes, and if that says anything, I think their game is talking louder than they daddy. So, I, hey, look, just, just they they'll be fine. They'll be fine. What about you, Ken? Um, LeVar Ball, man, uh, even put yourself in, in his shoes, man. I mean, you're a father, you know, 15 years from now. Could could, could that be Big Ken bragging on his son? His son you like already this? know. You already know. Hey, I know. I mean, I know. I just I want to ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man. Um, you know, when, when you're a parent, man, you, you're proud of your kids and you just want the best for them. Um, and, and that's all uh, – He's doing. That's all uh, Archie Manning did when he said mm-hmm. what he said. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for me, man, I'll just say this. 
I'm just glad the brother around to say the things that he is saying. True. True. You know, I don't have an issue with him saying it at all. That's I'm fine with that. Right, because you know we're we're criticizing a man, a black man, who's been involved with his kids, um, who's raising his kids, who's raising his kids to be in a better position um, in life, and you know, a, a guy who's present. And if, if this is the type of conversation that, that we have to have, then I'm here for it. Because it could have been his mom. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't have had a, a dad around at all. So for me, I'm just proud that that brother is around to raise his kids and to mentor his kids and to offer his kids advice and to stick up for his kids and to wish the best for his kids people will see that there's a black man raising his black son and looking out for the best interests of his black son. And, um, and for me, man, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I think I'm, I'm in agreement with people. I think he's doing a little bit of both, but the game speaks for itself and it's not, trust me. I doubt there's much that man can say that will cause franchises to walk away from, from that, that guy. If his talent, if his talent is worth it, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with FIFO too. I think it's. I think he's doing a little bit of both. Um, I think it's. But then I, I did a little, you know, reading up on the guy. And this guy, he's coached his boys, you know, all the way from little league all the way through AAU, even through high school. So he preaches the the, the family aspect of it. Um, now it does sound weird when you hear a grown man talking about. When we get to the NBA, when we do this, when we do that, but he's when when you understand he's speaking from a family perspective, and even as a father, I I understand it. Could that be now? I have three sons. Could that be me? It's easy for me to get on this podcast and say that that wouldn't be me, but my boys ain't ain't balling like these dudes are. Um, and then that the boy his boys are relatively close in age as well, so that has a lot to do with it. I'm pretty sure they probably have a very you know competitive household, just like I do in my household. Um, that being said, I think it, it I, I don't think it's going to hurt him. I, I don't he's he's doing he's hurting him a little bit, but I, I don't think it's going to stop any GM from saying, you know what, we're going to take this kid. Number one, whoever has that first pick, you know, either going to take him or the other uh, other kid. Um, you know, it just depends on who's picking and, and where they're picking. But he's the top two, maybe three picks. So, no, nah, it, it, it's I understand it. I get it. Uh, I think it's entertaining. Uh, he does put a bullseye on his son's back because, you know, people are going to be like, you know, you know, you and your loud mouth daddy, you know, but he he has to fake. But I'm pretty sure he's put that kind of pressure on his boys their entire lives. So it, it's, it's it's it'll probably just be second nature for him. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm OK with it. I'm OK with it. It's, it's like Ken said, man, we brag on our kids. Everybody brags on the kids. Some do it in different ways. And I distinctly remember you know, uh, Archie Manning and now Archie Manning didn't go about it in this way, but Archie Manning told teams, no, Eli's not working out for y'all. And so teams had a choice if they were in the top five and, and Eli Manning did not work out for every team in the top five. And there were a couple of teams and, and I don't have it pulled up here on my screen, but there were a couple of teams that Eli Manning, the Mannings told them, we're not working out for you. Don't draft Eli. If you draft Eli, he will sit out a year. 
I mean, that's no different from him saying, hey, I want my boys to play for the Lakers. He wants them to stay close to home. Now, you know, probably not going to the Lakers will probably be in a position where they can't draft that high. But I'm sure if they could make a run at Lonzo Ball, they will. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I think he's doing a little bit of both, like FIFO said. But I think um, ultimately it, it comes down to his son's play on the, on the court and and his, you know, his. His play hasn't suffered, and I've seen and I saw a lot, and I saw this one clown on uh, Twitter the other day talking about he should just tell his dad to shut up. Really? Come on, man. When the last time you told your daddy to shut up? <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, big news out of the NFL: our boy Antonio Brown, aka Mr. Facebook Live, uh, from the locker room, uh, just signed a mega deal, becoming the uh, highest-paid wide receiver. In the NFL, um, Ken, are you surprised that the Steelers did this? Because they're notoriously for not necessarily breaking the bank on cats. A little bit, mainly because I thought he gave them an excuse to not pay him with the Facebook Live situation that went down. Prior mm-hmm. to then, he was, he, you know, he pretty much had a spotless record, you know, unlike Le'Veon Bell. But you know, that was that was a big deal for a lot of people that created a situation that didn't need to be there. Um, especially in this world that we live in. but uh, So I was a little bit surprised because I thought that could have been a way out for them, but I'm glad they did it because Antonio Brown is a, is a unique talent. Um, the man works hard. Like, this man works every single day. It, it seems like he never stops. I, I, I follow him on Snapchat, and I'm telling you right now, it seems like every day this man is in the gym, no lie. So he he's he's going he's earned it, and he's going to reward them um, for for paying him for it. Now, what are you going to do from here? Because you still have to fill out the rest of the roster. Mm-hmm. So and we we you know and, and Big Ben has what maybe two or three years left. Hey, he was talking he was talking retirement right after the season was over. Right. So, um, but you know what? That's for the organization to to deal with. Um, but nevertheless, I'm I'm happy for him, man. Hard work pays off, and he got paid. And I'm glad the organization decided to to do the right thing and, and pay him, and instead of you know running away from it. What about you, FIFO man? Antonio Brown, uh, his deal is worth seventy three million dollars. I think it's over four year. It's a four year extension. $73 million this after a season where he racked up uh, 12 touchdowns, uh, 1,284 yards. Are you surprised that they broke the bank for him? I'm surprised the Steelers broke the bank for him, but I'm not surprised that somebody or that the bank was broke for him because okay. he's obviously a top three wide receiver in this NFL. So you, you got to pay him. You got to pay the man for his talents. You know, I don't follow him on, on Snapchat or social media. So, you know, I definitely take Ken's word for it. And the thing is, man, look, when you are that great, it, it, it does not happen just by chance. When you when you, you continue to elevate your game, right? Like you can be a flash in the pan. You can have a couple good seasons and don't put the work in just based off of natural ability. But to always get better, to add to your game and not to have any type of drop off, man, it's just a testament. And, and, and you got to you got to pay. You got to pay for talent, you know, and like Ken said, he made a great point. In the future, 
who's going to be getting in the ball because the wide receiver position is a dependent position. You don't have a quarterback and or an O-line, you're not getting the ball. Mm-hmm. It, it, no matter how good you are. So, but down the road, that's for the, for Pittsburgh to figure out. But you got to pay the man. You got to pay the man while he's young, while he's worth it. What about you, B? Uh, right, the bank was broken, man. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, man. Um, good, good for Antonio Brown. Um, let's just, let's just hope his play doesn't decline. You know, sometimes we've seen cases when pl- once players get get that big money. You know, they kind of they kind of slacking in production, you know, as far as, you know, production wise on the field, you know, whether it's football, NBA or whatever, you know, sometimes we tend to see that happen. So hopefully in this case, you know, Antonio Brown is still be that guy that not, you know, like considered the best receiver in the league still. Um, he well deserved. I mean, the guy has been he's been dependable. I think what in the last five years, four seasons, he only missed what, three, three or four games or something. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's definitely earned that money, you know, because he's always there. He's one of the most dependable receivers in the game. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, and I am surprised that Pittsburgh did break the bank on him, you know, uh, which that's a good thing because they never do that. So I guess that shows some type of commitment that they want to stick with this guy and and try to make it happen. Um, So, yeah, I I think, hey, good for him, man. Get get paid, brother. I'm always for players getting their money, man, Mm -hmm. especially in NFL because – that money is not as guaranteed like uh, MLB and NBA. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I I was a little surprised that they did it. Not that he's not deserving because I think he is, in my opinion, I think he's the best receiver in the game. Uh, he can run any route. Uh, he can go deep. He can go across the middle. Um, and that's not to say that anybody else can't, but I just think any route in the route tree, he can run it to the best of his ability and, and still get open. Um, so I'm not surprised that, I mean, he's definitely worthy of it. Uh, I think the one thing, and Ken touched on it, uh, the Steelers, I think, have to draft a quarterback uh, because Ben talking about retiring retiring, uh, means that he's probably not far from retiring. So he's going to he may retire at some point in time during the the stretch of this contract. And you need to make sure that, you know, a guy like Brown, you can still get the most out of him. Um, You know, and if if you don't have a quarterback, I mean, Landry Jones isn't the answer. So, um but I'm happy for him, man. Get your money. Uh, I'm happy for him as a receiver. And, and I know a uh, uh, brother by the name of Odell Beckham Jr. is ecstatic because <laughs> the price just went up. <laughs> so trust me, when Odell deal is up, uh, you know, Eli's going to need to, they're going to need to get him because, you know, Eli has to have somebody to throw the ball to. So, um, you know, guys around the league love to see other players at their position get paid because they know that the value of the position is going up and that's always a good thing for them. Um, last on the list, man, uh, certainly not least a uh, bit of trash talk. Uh, <laughs> Draymond Green, Paul Pierce going back and forth. We all saw the clip. Uh, Clippers were playing against the Warriors uh, a couple of nights ago and um, Draymond Green, just for whatever reason, he and Paul Pierce got into it. Uh, Paul Pierce was on the bench, I believe. And uh, Draymond Green said, hey, man, you chasing that farewell tour. They don't love you like that. You thought you was Kobe. I mean, now Paul Pierce tried to, you know, clap back after the uh, after the game was over, you know, sent out a tweet about the three one them losing three one or what have you. But, um, you know, it seemed to be pretty personal between uh, Draymond Green and and Paul Pierce. So the question I have and I'll start first with you, B. um, Did Draymond cross the line or was that just good old fashioned trash talk? 
Um, good old fashioned trash talk, man. I think I think I sent y'all earlier with you know how I, how I initially got started and what Paul mm-hmm. Pierce was saying. Paul Pierce actually started. I mean, he was barking at Draymond, saying, "Yeah, you ain't nothing. You only good because you on the Golden State. You got Steph Curry and all that stuff. You you reeking the benefits off off of that great squad." So Draymond barked back. I mean, if 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 Paul Pierce barking. Draymond barking back. I don't think Paul Pierce. It's not like Paul Pierce was like, oh man, he didn't catch feelings like JaVel McGee. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, Paul Pierce was just like, yeah, whatever. Okay, he just brushed it off, like whatever. You know, so it, that's that's how it should be, man to man. Look, I'm popping off at the mouth. If you pop back off at the mouth, you know, hell, so be it. That is, it's it's just talk. It's just it's just trash talking, man. That's all it is. From especially once I saw the video the way Paul Pierce explained, I'm like, okay. Well, Paul Pierce, you was barking first, so that's why Draymond said what he said. So it's on, it's it's done. It's here from there. We just in this social media age that just everything is always gonna be blown out of proportion. You know, crazy. You know, if this was this was nineteen ninety three, this wouldn't have been blown out of proportion. It just would have been good old trash talking. That's how I looked at it. Just good old trash talking. Paul Pierce started it, and Draymond finished it. That's it. <laughs> Look, you a hooper, and you right. was just. Any level of good that there had to be trash, at least if you're our age. I don't know what these, right, right. What, what these new cats is doing, <laughs> but all I know if you like 35, at least, or at least I would say at least 32, you know, what I'm saying maybe some 28, 29 year olds, maybe some of them, just depending on who your older brother was and all that. But if you mid 30s right now, man, look. You was talking some smack once upon a time. And if you still play ball, you still talking some type of smack. Man, look, it, it's just part of the game. And, and, and that's why I don't understand the whole JaVale McGee thing. Because, oh, look, play your game. Play better, you shut Shaq up. You, you, you don't need to say nothing. And if you ever hoop against them, dunk on them a couple times, Shaq going to laugh at you. It's going to be all good. It's just all in the game. It's part of the game. And I like it because it just shows that there is a level of competitiveness out there. There's a level of one-upness. And that's what basketball is. One person can decide a game. One person can decide a series. And if you get in that one person's mind, you can control that person. Ask Michael Jordan. That's what Jordan was the best at him and Gary Payton. There was a couple of come on, man. There, there, there's yeah. nothing. Wrong. There right. needs to be more of it, right? Yeah, I, you know, I'm man. You know, I'm I'm in agreement, man. Uh, this this has been missing in the NBA, and and I'm glad it's back. You know, and and that's why I was kind of partly upset when, um, when NBA, the NBA sent out that memo to the teams on Twitter and told them to kind of. Stop taking shots at players. This is this is what makes basketball fun, right? You know, Man, can you, can you imagine how many shots players were standing to each other back in the days? Man, like what? Yeah, it, it, and you know, it, it, and you know, I think I commented. I, I don't want the NBA to be stiff like the NFL. Right. Like we need this. We need. JaVale McGee and, and Shaq going back and forth. We don't need the Warriors stepping in, you know, saying, hey, hey, cut it out. You, you know, we need that chippiness. We need that. Um, because without that, the game's boring, man. I, and, you know, this is what I – mean, I don't know about you new guys out there, man, but, you know, we're we're used to this, man. We, we like to see this. 
we like to see players uh-huh. in, in, in each other's face talking talking trash. You know, I, and the thing about what Paul Pierce said was what, what made it so so awesome is that I know that there are other NBA players that are probably saying the same thing about Draymond. Mm-hmm. Paul Pierce just said it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, yep. You know, and, like and you, the thing can you can you imagine the words that KG and Rasheed Wallace probably used to say to other ball players? Man, what? Yeah, and 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 and, and again, what did I say? Old head, add a new head. Mm-hmm. But see, Draymond is kind of built, has that old school in him, so he's gonna go right back at him. You know, right. that's what I what I like about it. You know, and and you know, we like I was watching uh, the players only yesterday, man, and they were doing the halftime, and and uh, and I think they were getting ready to go back, and and Zeke, you know, Zeke was talking about. They were just talking. Man, I love Zeke, man. Zeke, Zeke, something else. I just love to hear him talk about the game, man, because I swear he and KG think they can go out there right now and, and, and play. So yeah, KG does. Yeah, when they were getting ready to go back in, he was like, "Yeah, man, we're gonna come back and you know we're gonna we're gonna lock down on defense. We're gonna set the tone." And then he was like, "We're gonna be smelling their breath." And then he jumped up and he jumped in KG face. KG got so hyped. Like, KG probably thought he was about to go out and play. And everybody got, like, real hyped. Like, smell it. And he just hyping everybody up, man. That competitive spirit, that fire. That, and that tap, tap. Yeah, tap, tap. tap, tap. Like, that's missing so much in the NBA, man. And I, I'm loving that LeBron got chippy. I love that JaVale McGee said something back. You know, and, and, and this is, and, and I love that. Draymond and Paul Pierce, you know, are going back at it. So it's all part of the game, man, and we don't need it to be stiff like the NFL, man. You know, we need this. We need this. You know, this this is what makes the NBA fun. Yeah, I, we we gotta we gotta make basketball great again, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I just I, I'm all for this, man. I'm all for this. I'm all for the level of competitiveness. I'm all for the trash talk. Um, because I don't think it's ever done in a disrespect. I, I think if if Paul Pierce and and Draymond saw each other in the street, I don't think they're gonna fight anything like that. Um, and you're right, Ken. There's a lot of players that feel like Draymond Green is a jerk. Is he? he you know, he's he's a you know clown or whatever that is. Whatever you want to call him, they think that he's you know just a hanger on to a a team um, that is great. Nevertheless, Draymond Green can play. Um, Paul Pierce can play. Um, I'm I'm all for I'm all for the rivalries and and, and LeBron touched on it a couple of weeks ago talking about that he didn't you know that you couldn't compare you know what he and the Cavs had to what the uh, versus the Warriors and comparing that to the the Celtics and the Lakers uh, battles of the 80s you know if obviously they would have to be in more finals or whatever like that but I mean LeBron is a student of the game and I think that's one thing people kind of you know don't really appreciate. And he understands, like, there aren't any rivals. I mean, like, these guys, and I get it, a lot of them, you know, play AAU ball together. They played against each other in high school and college and things of that nature. They go out to dinner and stuff like that in between games and their families go on vacations and they go on boat rides together and all kinds. Of, I mean, like, I get it. But there's nothing wrong with not liking the guy that you're playing against, at least for 48 minutes. I'm cool with that. You know, like we saw, and B will tell you, he saw Magic Johnson and Isaiah come to the center of the court and kiss each other on the cheek. I don't even really understand that, but <laughs> they kiss each other on the cheek 
And then I remember, I distinctly remember Isaiah coming to the hole and Magic put an elbow in his eye and, yep. you know, stitched him up for what? What is he, about 13, 14 stitches? And yep. this was his best friend. Like, just imagine playing against your boy, your best friend, and he, the first time he comes to the hole, you not only just to show him, but to also show your teammates, like, yo, that friendship is out the door when we step in between these white lines. Right. And he put Isaiah, he, he literally sent Isaiah to the hospital. I'm, you know, and it doesn't, and I think the NBA is afraid. They think that, you know, the brawls and stuff like that. It's money, okay but for money, though. I mean, you know, exactly. that's why, yeah. it's okay money. for guys not to like each other. I mean, like, and there's a genuine dislike between the Clippers and the Warriors because the Clippers were the last team, other than the Cavs, to beat the Warriors or the Warriors that, that we know as constructed in 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 the playoffs. Um, you know, that was the uh, the Donald Sterling series. Uh, but you know, they haven't won a game since then. I think they're like 0 and 11 or something like that against the Warriors. I'm all for the rivalries, man. I would love to see. You know the the hatred between the fans and the fan bases and the players that we see. You know when we see teams like you know the Ravens and the Steelers play, or you know the Cowboys and the Redskins play in the NFL. We I know we don't have that in the NBA, but I would love to see that because I think that makes it makes it that much more intriguing. If if I, if LeBron don't like Curry, I would love if LeBron just came. I don't like Curry. I respect him, but I don't like him. I would love that. I think that would make even more compelling because now you you get you get to the game, you go to the opening tip, and you you see LeBron don't even shake Curry hand. You know, like I, I would love that, I, and it's not a lack of sportsmanship. It's just about being competitive, and and I I think some of that's missing, man. I I would love, but I'm all for it. I don't think I don't think um, Draymond crossed the line at all. I thought he was fine. I think Paul Pierce was cool with his trash talk. Um, you know, don't don't take it to Twitter. Talk, take it on the court. And, and keep it there on the court. And then when the game is over, you know, we go our separate ways. But um, hopefully, man, hopefully we'll get some type of something that'll make it a little bit more competitive. I think that makes for better TV. I mean, like, if you watch basketball in the 90s, you knew that the Knicks hated the, the, hated the Bulls. And the Bulls hated the Knicks. And when I tell you, those series had everybody watching. Because Pacers and Knicks, too. Pacers and Knicks. Um mm-hmm. Even B, which which your your um your 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 Pistons and the Bulls, I mean, who did if if you weren't <laughs> if you if you probably weren't like like FIFO growing up in Chicago, and you came up through the nineties, you probably hated the Bulls if you weren't a bull, you know if you didn't like Jordan, and I mean, but it, the rivals were great, so I would I would love to see that comeback. Hopefully, we'll get a little bit of that come playoff time, man. I'm, I'm, that's what I want to see if I can see anything in the NBA. We're coming to the end of the show. This is the time for us to give our closing thoughts. Um, I got a B, closing thought. Yeah, okay. I was gonna throw it to you. B, uh, give us your closing thought before we get out of here. Closing. What's up? Who was that laughing? Oh, that was me. Oh, um, man, Tiger Woods is done. Oh my god. <laughs> I think this is probably my fifth time doing at least. Closing. At least. This is probably my fifth time. Freaking! When, whenever you have, because you know he's 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 tight with uh, Jack Nichols, uh, the greatest golfer on, on you know greatest golfer ever. I thought it was gonna, I thought that title was gonna be Tiger Woods, but hell. But anyway, whenever you have Jack Nichols, he don't even know where where Tiger is at mentally, you know. And he's close to Tiger. He's he's pretty close to Tiger. And you know, mind you, Tiger didn't even make the cut at Torrey Pines, a golf course he's owned. Literally mm-hmm. owned his entire career. Then he tried to play in the Dubai tournament. 
Didn't even make a cut for there. And then pulled out because of back spasm. Tiger Woods is done. Ken, stop it. You're treating Tiger Woods <laughs> like these hip-hop fans keep treating Lil Wayne. He's done. Oh, oh God. He is done, man. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop hoping that Tiger Woods is going to be great every time he steps on the golf course. It's a wrap. He's finished. Tiger Woods haven't been great since he won the U.S. Open in 2008. Just so happened to be the same year Carter Three came out. Stop. Everybody stop wishing for another Carter Three caliber type <laughs> album from Lil Wayne. He's done. Stop, wish, stop wishing for uh, Tiger Woods to be great. He's not going to win another major. He's not going to surpass Jack Nichols as the most uh, majors, to win the most majors of all time in golf. He is finished. He's finished, Ken. He's done. And anybody, that's anybody else that's listening to Dead in Sports, know this. Tiger Woods is finished, man. Golfing is a mental. Kyle would, me and Kyle would tell you this. Yeah. Golfing is a freaking mental game. Once you checked out mentally, it's a wrap. It's a Tiger wrap. Woods used to beat you mentally before Sunday. Before he before the final day of the tournament of each, you know, whatever tournament he's playing. Before Sunday, Tiger Woods beat you mentally already. He doesn't even have that no more. He's done. There it is. Stick a fork in him. <laughs> People, what's your closing thoughts, man? Man, everybody get off of Mr. Ball's balls, man. Because he's doing a damn good job of raising his boys <laughs> and and showcasing the talents and what hard work uh, and dedication can get you. And all he's doing is just being confident on his boys, man. So all of y'all haters, everybody that has an issue, y'all, 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 y'all know where y'all can stick it, man. Right there where the sun don't shine. <laughs> Ken, what about you, man? Closing thoughts. I need more players only coverage of the NBA. I thought that what they did was fantastic. Um, I love hearing from Hall of Famers, players that play at the elite level, um, talk about the NBA because they can provide insight that no one else can. You know, and and I find that information very valuable because I, I've never been in locker rooms. I haven't been in a situation, some of those game situations they've been in. Um, so do more of that. I think it also helps give the players something to look forward to after they're done outside of, you know, trying to be a coach. And uh, and I think it, it, it enhances the game. You guys can give them all of the – the training that they need, send them to some kind of uh, NBA uh, journalist broadcasting boot camp or something to have them brush up on their skills. But I love it, man. I love hearing Zeke talk about uh, the game. Always have. I love seeing KG. KG have me on edge when I'm seeing him talk about the game. And he brings such a, a hip-hop feel to it. Sometimes I think KG forget that he's on TV. You know, so I, I love that, man, to see that passion from them and to hear that insight from them. Just like, you know, even hearing Shannon Sharp talk about the game from a level that and from a perspective that, you know, we just don't have because we were not there. We were not in battles like that. So do more of that. I think that is a is a is a good way, a good place for the NBA to go to. 
Appreciate it, Kim. My closing thought, uh, we talked about beef uh, a little bit. Actually, we talked about beef quite a bit tonight. Uh, so I'll end with beef. Um, one of she the first beefs. <laughs> that's exactly where I'm going. One of my first, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that you guys have a video coming, so you will definitely get your take on Dead and Hip Hop. Um, my One of my first beefs that I ever learned about in hip hop was uh, back in 87. Uh, I was in middle school. Uh, this guy by the name of MC Shan made this song called The Bridge. Uh, in the bridge, he made reference to the fact that hip hop started in Queensbridge. Um, right after that, uh, a very little known MC rapper named KRS One came out with a song called South Bronx. And I had never heard anything like this before. And he basically dissed uh, MC Shan. He told MC Shan that, so you think the hip hop had its start in Queensbridge? If you pop that junk in, up in the Bronx, you might not live because you're in South Bronx. South, South Bronx. And that's how the song goes. You can look it up. Um, nonetheless, Kara's one will tell anybody in front of him that his career would have never been started had MC Shan not responded to the diss. In hip hop, when somebody disses you, you have to respond. Fast forward to this past weekend. Uh, as many of you listening know that uh, MC um, extraordinaire Remy Ma dropped a diss record uh, uh, against uh, arguably the most popular female MC out right now in uh, Nicki Minaj. Uh, it was called Sheether. And she really took about seven minutes to lyrically obliterate Nicki Minaj and her credibility and everything else. Uh, I've had people trying to defend Nicki Minaj, which I think is kind of crazy at this point, saying that Remy Ma's rhymes were basic and she was insulting. I mean, that's what hip-hop is. It's supposed to be insulting. When you're battling somebody, you're not saying nice things. Um, the point I want to make is, is that KRS-One found something in himself to respond to a diss to his borough. When you're dealing in hip hop, you got to respond to when someone disses you, especially if there's someone on your level. At the time of this recording, Nicki Minaj has yet to respond to Remy Ma. Nicki, if you're listening, get in the booth. You sitting quietly does not help you. That's not hip hop. It's about even if you don't come up with something dope, which at this point, I don't know how you can't come up with something dope uh, because time is ticking away. Are you going to lose fans? Mm, maybe. Are you going to lose money? Possibly. Are you going to lose your career? That's definitely possible. One thing you have to understand is that when it comes to hip-hop battles, you got to be in the battle to win. And you can never win if you never step up to the mic. Nikki, you running out of time, sister. That's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, for my man Ken, for my man B, for my man FIFO, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Thanks again for checking out another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, we'll, check, we'll check you guys out next week. Peace.